BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, Doug. Hello, Doug. Are you having a good Earth Day? I sure am. The best Earth Day. Really? What makes it the best one? Uh, you know, just been hanging out, getting high with some bears. Oh, fun. yeah, that does that does uh, trump everybody else's. <laughs> Nobody's having a better Earth Day than somebody's getting high with bears. Yeah, dude. Just trying my best. How about you? Well, you know I love game shows, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, I think most Dugs do. And our guest today is the announcer, sidekick, and all-around funny man, Jonathan Mangum from yeah. Let's Make a Deal. Right Dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's also regular on uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway with... Uh, our buddy Greg Proops. Has Greg Proops done this show yet? He has not. Oh, okay. Well, I should give him a call. In the meantime, we've got a terrific guest, so let's go to work. That's an opening. That is an opening. (laughs) Hello, Jonathan Mangum. Hello, Doug and Doug. Hello. (laughs) Uh, You've met Doug before, correct? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did the game show theme, Doug Loves Movies. Yes. Uh, Yeah, with you and Doug and uh, Jim. uh, The goat. Ken Jennings and uh, Drew Carey. Drew Carey. Yeah, Yeah, that was a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, uh, what, that wasn't the last Douglas movies before lockdown, was it? No, but hear that. Yeah, it was getting close. It was close. Yeah, it was uh, just a few weeks away. I mean, I haven't uh, seen any of y'all since then because of all of this, and uh, uh, it's great to have you here though over uh, Zoom. And I should also mention something I didn't mention at the top of the show yeah. is that you just uh, finished uh, season one of a show called Wayne Brady's Game of Talents. Game of Talents. That's, that's on Fox. <laughs> I always, I can never speak confidently about that title because it sounds, um, <laughs> it feels like I'm saying something wrong. You know what I mean? Game of Talents. <laughs> because what's Ellen DeGeneres has a thing with a similar title, doesn't she? Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh. Hers is hers is game of games. Game of games. Game of games. Yeah. It sounds like the placeholder title that they're no one's really going to go with when the show goes, and then they <laughs> go with it. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes it's uh, 
you just are at a loss for uh, doing something creative and you just call it, you know, you just say what it is, yeah. uh, you know, and just make it uh, uh, as simple as that. I know I was part of the uh, Comedians of Comedy Tour. That was a really dumb name. <laughs> um, but but on purpose, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, but that show is super fun to watch because have you seen it, Doug Mellard? I have not. It's, uh, you know, Wayne Brady and Jonathan Mangum come out and they have a couple of uh, contestants. They're like teams, right? They're pairs of people. Yeah. Two, two yeah. teams of two people, like brother, sister, husband, wife, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then they have to, they see a list of all of these talents, you know, like uh, fire breathing and juggling and, you know, roller skate dancing and stuff like that. And then, a person comes out and is like, Hey, I, I could do one of these talents. And then, you know, basically the game revolves around the, and they can win big money for this, which is really a kind of, uh, there's usually not big money involved when it's yeah. just like speculation yeah. game, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, we just have to sort of suss it out and hope you're right. Um, but what I love about it is pretty much every act of the show, it's an hour long, like, you get to see someone do that, you know, you get them, you get them guessing which talent they have. Yeah. And, and the whole hour you get to see the whole list. So like the whole time I'm like, man, I hope that, uh, you know, <laughs> I hope a man who sets his genitals on fire is, is <laughs> you know, actually in the building as opposed to, cause there's always one, one like talent one. that by the end of the show, it yeah. never happened. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, a made up one. And, and but, I have to say that I'm I'm just, I'm a producer on the show, so I'm I'm there to to write jokes for Wayne and help out. And so, but there was one time where he was like, "Jonathan, come out here!" And I was like, "What? Well, I'm in front of my computer backstage. I have to run out, no makeup on, my shirt hung out, and he threw me in one of his bits or something." So I'm I'm, I'm I guess I'm also there for for whenever he he wants to have fun. Ah, uh, <laughs> so, <see> <laughs> I see. I just assumed that your role was similar to let's make a deal and that you were on camera and, and talking a lot because, because of that time, uh, you know, I saw the one where you came yeah. out there and did that. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a super fun show. It's on, it's on uh, Wednesdays on Fox. If you want to check it out. Whoa. Oh, okay. Yeah. So how many you're, you're wrapped for the season shooting it, but it still has a few more to air. It does. Yeah. We shot 10. So Oh, so there's still like six left to go or so, yeah, right? Five or six, I think. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, well, that's awesome. I, I do uh, enjoy it very much. Good, Thank you. Good job. <laughs> um, so to get into the uh, portion of the show where we talk about names and, and, you know, our name and your name. Yeah. What was it like, you know, growing up a, a Jonathan? So uh, I actually grew up a Joey. Because, yeah, so you're yeah. from Australia. <laughs> yes, I, I like to hide in uh, warm pouches of outer uteruses. Uh, yeah, my middle name is Joseph and I'm a junior. So it's Jonathan Joseph Mangum Jr. And my dad was Jonathan Joseph Mangum. So he got to be John and then I was Joey for first through eighth grade. Um, but that, oh, okay. that being said, it was fun, man. I grew up in the South in Mobile, Alabama, a lot of dirt clod wars and just going out in the woods, um, coming home when the sun went down <laughs> day in, day out. 
I mean, in the summertime, it's a, you know, I, I think it's a really awesome part of the country. You're right there by the, you know, the Alabama shores, not very far. Gulf shores. Yeah. Beautiful. Though. Yeah. And great, yeah, place awesome. for dirt, great place for dirt club fights. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> And and also, if you have like a big oil spill you want to do, that's a great place for it. <laughs> it is. The, the right one thing about dirt clod wars is that occasionally we'd get what you would call a diamond, which is in the dirt clod. There would be a rock hidden. Oh. You, you can't dig for the rocks, but if there oh, happened boy. to be one, you could take out your competition for three or four weeks. <laughs> oh, so. Yeah. That is so violent. <laughs> <laughs> so... So then when you eighth grade is over, you're going to use your actual name. Everybody calls you from then till now, Jonathan, or do people shorten it nope. to John? Nope. Cause then I go, okay. I, Joey is like, like, Hey Joey, <laughs> you know, I don't want to be a Joey. It's a, it's a little bitch boy. So I, I dropped the Y and I was Joe for oh. high school. For uh -huh. high school. Okay. And then after high school, I'm like, no one's going to take anybody serious named Joe, you know, Joe Blow. It's like this, this. So I was like, ah, Jonathan. That's just some gravitas in, in them letters. So then I became Jonathan. And I still yeah, ended up never... being a bitch boy. And so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, you never... You never hear anybody uh, ordering up a, a sloppy Jonathan. <laughs> uh, so you, I think you did the right thing. Thank you, um, And it's a T-H-A-N... So uh, it's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N. Yeah, not there's not an yeah. H in the front part. Although people always ask me, oh, Jonathan with an H? And I go, yeah. And then they put an H in. And I go, no, there is an H, but not where you uh, forget it. Just call me John. <laughs> <laughs> it's so trendy now that John's with no H. The, yeah. You know, just John and it's, you know, J-O-N. Like, uh, it's popping up uh, quite a bit. But um, do people... So people do jump to that uh, John nickname sometimes. Sometimes, you know, uh, people say, what do you prefer? And I'll go, oh, it doesn't matter. And I do prefer Jonathan, but I feel like that if I answered uh, any answer to that question, it feels a little bit dicky. You know what I mean? Like, what do you prefer? Yeah. Just be cool, man. Whatever you want to, but I prefer <laughs> yeah. Jonathan. If you say it wrong, I will correct you in front of your friends. <laughs> well, it's also, uh, you got it. Johnny is another uh thing that could happen yeah uh, in the situation but i don't that's the thing is i as long as i've known you and of you i just think of you as jonathan like you know obviously wayne calls you jonathan yep yep you know they play right. three they play three card jonathan they don't play three card johnny <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> but do people now now getting into your last name the last name mangum yeah how often have people mangangled that like how uh the, do they do they go mangum sometimes the yeah mangoom i get what about uh, magnum Did magnum i get all people goes magnum just like magnum i'm like yeah yeah just, just like that man okay oh, think about how many times i've, <laughs> I've heard that one. uh god you had that plus joey during the joey lawrence days yes I, oh too. gosh whoa uh, well, but i I named my kids because I was like, Whoa. I want my kids to have cool names. I got two boys. So I got a Chase Mangum, which is like either a cop or a porno star. Oh, <laughs> or both. Got, or both. Or both. Or, oh, wow. I didn't even think of that. I mean, both of them have the same mustache. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then my other kid's Austin Mangum, which is, you know, kind of like a, I don't know. It just, but they're just cool. I, I gave them cool names. Purely yeah. aesthetic. 
Yeah, Austin's a real, uh, it seems to be like coming on strong as a, you know, it's just, it's a good name, you know, like uh, Mike Myers tried to ruin it for a little while there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I think it's definitely made a, uh, made a comeback. Yeah, for sure. What about Doug's that you've known? Have you, do you have any friends or relatives who are named Doug? I knew a couple Doug's in college. I went to uh, Louisiana State University for one year. And there was a dude named Doug, and he was in the, in the honors dorm with us, and he suffered from narcolepsy, and he would wake up in the middle of the night, walk out, and just piss in the hallway on the floor. And oh, man. That was, that was Doug, and that's my, that's my first Doug. Um, that's wait, actually not so... narcolepsy. That's something all Dougs have randomly. We just oh, what? pee in hallways at night. That's just what we do. I didn't even know wait, that. I apologize. Listen. No offense. But let me ask you something, uh, Dr. Magnum. Yes, sir. Um, I heard Magnum. Because <laughs> Dr. Magnum was Mag... <laughs> now I can't say it wrong right. Um, <laughs> Game of Magnums. Dr. Magnum. Um, narcolepsy is where you where you nod off easily. Like, so, but he oh, also I called was it the wrong thing. Sleepwalker, yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. I was trying to be all smart and I ended up being all dumb. <laughs> sleepwalker. But there's got to be a right. name for sleepwalking. Isn't there like a fancy name yeah. for sleepwalking? Yeah, it's called somnambulism. Yes, that's what I meant to say. What? Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? So that's why everybody says sleepwalking because it's just so yeah. much easier yeah, than somnambulist. <laughs> but somnambulist just sounds like you like to show your dick to ambulance drivers. <laughs> um <laughs> What about, uh, okay, so you knew a couple of college Dougs, but you like professionally uh, in your adult life, you've never really, other than me, of course, uh, never really known any Dougs? No, there's one other Doug I knew, a guy I played poker with. His name is Doug Langdale, and he created the cartoon Earthworm Jim, which wow. was based on the video game Earthworm Jim. So... Uh, uh, he's an animator and a writer. And I haven't seen him in years, but we used to play poker quite a bit. Yeah. Back in the early 2000s. And back he was, a, when he he had, was a smart Doug. Back when you could win that Earthworm Jim money. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's you got to play with people that, uh, you know, can afford to lose. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then hope that they're terrible at it. Um, Earthworm Jim was voiced by a uh, Homer Simpson guy. Dan, Dan, Dan Castellaneta. I didn't know. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, if you ever get a chance to watch Earthworm Jim again, it's, it's a little, it's a little too Homer Simpson for, you know, for my taste, oh, <laughs> but it's definitely wow. different. Like he definitely changes, you know, it's not him just doing Homer as Earthworm Jim, but, but it is, uh, it is interesting how, uh, you know, you could, you could tell it's him, you know, yeah. Talk about um, making money. That guy has made more money than any of us could even like understand what it means. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, just, and, and like every decade or so, the Simpsons uh, voice actors all like complain about their, you know, what they're get what their cut is and how much they get of the merchandising and stuff. And then they give them more. Oh, wow. You know, because especially now, uh, if an actor like left the Simpsons said I'm leaving cause they're not nice to me. I mean, people would really start yelling to cancel the Simpsons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta be careful with these actors, even when they're just, even when it's a voiceover, cause that's always funny to me about voiceover acting. Is it like, you know, I mean, we've proved it 
over and over again now since the passing of Jim Henson, mm-hmm. you know, uh, people don't, uh, I, every time I see Kermit, it doesn't sound right to me. It doesn't ever yeah. sound like Jim Henson, but it's right. close enough that the world doesn't care, you know? Yeah. And uh, so that's always interesting to me that the Simpsons people, like when they were complaining about their pay, you know, that's that that just shows how strong unions are, I guess, or especially the actors or the uh, AFTRA, because um, there's a million people that could do those voices now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know? They can perfectly impersonate the voice. And you, right. would, yeah. like, you would never know. Yeah, absolutely. For like a hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean, Did look it at happen. The- Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, like, look at the evolution of like a character like Bugs Bunny, who's been voiced by, at this point, a million people. Like, it's so easy now. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. But it's still like, there's just that, that initial magic is really hard to, to oh, capture. Yeah. But then once people have, once lots of people have done a voice over the years, then you just sort of, you know, you get used to that. It sounds slightly different, you know, like Charlie yeah. Brown or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, but I still think like, you know, the Charlie Brown, the, all the voices in the Christmas special were like, to me, the, those are the peanuts voices. And yeah. when other actors, when other kids do it, I'm not, I'm not as into it. Um, have you ever played a character named Doug? Man, have I played a character named Doug? I don't believe I have played a Doug. I don't get to play Dougs too much. It's, you know, you're, you're, uh, Jonathan Mangum is way too cool. No, no one's going to call that guy to be Doug. <laughs> see, that's so weird you know? because your worldview is the exact opposite. Like I see Doug is like, he's the cool guy that's laid back that like, and, and Jonathan always. Like this, do the, do your math. Can you come do my trigonometry, Jonathan? Please do my trigonometry. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. I mean, you do also seem smart, so that's true. You are going to uh, uh, probably play a nerd or two. That's what I do, yeah. I played a lot of nerds, and none of them were named Doug. That's always amazed me, is that uh, why? how could it possibly be that the smartest people tend to have the worst eyesight? Like, why? how did that line up <laughs> that, you know, that nerds all wear glasses, yeah. like, you know, which came first, the, the, the chicken or the nerd? I mean, which came first, the eye, the eyeglass thing or the, is it, you know, I, I think I've heard somebody say, well, they read so much. That's why their eyes go bad. But no, they're children. Why would their eyes shouldn't be going bad yet just from reading? Well, yeah, and you think like people that are playing video games and watching TV all the time, their eyes will go bad before the guy's reading books, you know? Yeah, sense. but then there's contact lenses, you know, there's just something <laughs> about, I think, like, wearing glasses just is a, a way to just tell everybody, you know, I'm smart. And <laughs> yeah. I and I don't take care of my eyes. <laughs> maybe that maybe when they were the kids and the eyes were forming, uh, they weren't that good. And so the brain had to compensate for lack of vision before the child could speak and say, I need glasses. So I think I just answered it. I like it. <laughs> that's that's Dr. That's... Jonathan Magnum's professional yeah. answer. Can't believe that you have your lab coat on and everything. Hey, that's how I roll. <laughs> All right. One more Doug related question. Yes. Do you know Douglas M. Hoff, second gentleman of the United States? 
So that's uh, Kamala Harris's husband, yes? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's uh, He is a man, and that's all I know about him. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's he's it. the second gentleman. <laughs> but he's not out doing, he, like, he's not very public. He's not, like, you know, showing off mad golf skills or, you know, hand out AARP cards. He's just off in the distance doing nothing. I, you know, I get the impression he's doing stuff, but you know, how, how many people care is another thing. He's not getting the coverage. I'd like to he's know not, what is what he's what he does when she's out working hard and you know always at the White House and handling you know problems. And like, what's he doing? He's like throwing big parties and he has to clean up before <laughs> she gets home. He's got that condition where he likes to show his dick to ambulance drivers. What's it called? <laughs> It's called somnambulism. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got five and five questions written especially for you, Jonathan. I love it. But first, we would like you to eat some leftovers. That is not a drop that just happened. That is a live <laughs> performance. By the other Doug. Wow. Um, I know. Does does fried rice work? (laughs) No, what happens is when we run out of questions on an episode, we just ask the next guest the questions because we went to the trouble of writing these questions and thinking about it. And also we don't care that much about the answers. So it doesn't, doesn't really, doesn't really matter who answers it. It just needs to be answered. I, I completely get it. Yeah, and we were talking last week to comedian Greg Fitzsimmons. Love that guy. Fitz dog, he likes to be called. <laughs> and uh, so we'd like you to answer uh, his leftovers. Should, do, am I answering them as him, like what I think he would answer, or am I, am I giving you my answer? It's, uh, you know, it's player's choice. You All get right. to, uh, you know, decide and you can tell us, you know, whether or not it's yours or his or, uh, you know, you can make it a mystery, whatever, however you like to do it. Okay. Uh, Melly Mel, you go first. All right. Left. Over. What do you got? What do you got? Like two questions? Left? Yeah, I got two left. We got two each. All right. So number one, this is for Fitz dog. Got it. So you were in the film, the short uh, called gynecologist. Could you give a brief breakdown of that uh, synopsis of that film? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> it starts off in a, in a galaxy that is uh, kind of far away a long time ago. <laughs> oh yeah. And there is a, a giant black hole in the center of the universe. And uh, a doctor, Dr. Space has to uh, use his uh, space uh, black hole vaginal tweezer re- replicas to spread through the event horizon and then um, help cure uh, some galactic endometriosis. Wow, that is something. I can't believe I missed that. I got to yeah. check that out. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Space, great name. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Plus you use the word, the, the uh, phrase event horizon. So Hey, that's the Jonathan talking. That's the smart yeah. I saw uh, Greg's, you know, IMDb page before we did the show with him, and that that did catch my eye that uh, that he played a gynecologist. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it just uh, it's interesting casting. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> but I'm excited Jonathan answered it because there's no way the answer could have been better than that. <laughs> that was fantastic. Thanks. I'm just reading yeah, it Greg would have, uh, you know, Greg would have just really described it. And we would have all just fell asleep. <laughs> I, <laughs> I haven't watched, this is my question. This is a question for Greg. I didn't get Greg. to, I, I haven't watched Santa Clarita diet because it's, it just, just seems gross to me. It just seems yeah. like a, a gross premise and a gross program, but uh, I guess you played a, a part in it. I did. I played uh, the part of James, the gynecologist from space. Oh. Yeah. Um, so you've been really typecast. Uh, I have been. In your few acting roles. Yeah. I mean, I, I usually go in and I'm usually reading for another part. And then I offer them a monologue of my gynecologist character, which is so good that they, they immediately write it into their script. So almost every, if you look at my IMDb, starting from 2012 and, and forward, every part I played is, is, even though it doesn't say so, is a gynecologist based on the <laughs> monologue I auditioned with. Right, because a lot of uh, guest roles in, in shows and stuff, you don't, even, you don't even really find out what the character's profession is. But so, you know, right. in your case, it's just a gynecologist every time. And, and I got the fingers for it. I mean, I was born lucky, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm satisfied, Mel. All right. Leftover number two. Uh, who, in your mind, is the most likable character between the following? Jar Jar Binks, Urkel, or King Joffrey? <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. I have a, a quick point of order. Who's King Joffrey? Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. Oh, see, there you go. I'm always, I'm always uh, left out on the Game of Thrones riffs, and I watched a lot of it. Oh man, I saw, I, I saw a lot of the show, but I just saw, you know, I, I would just see it in snippets, and then, and whenever everybody's talking about, you it, might know, even from limited, King Joffrey was like a child king and very sinister and messed up. Oh yeah, okay, I know who that is. Yeah, yeah. So Imagine yeah, yeah. I, I, ugly Macaulay Coughlin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jar Jar Urkel or King Joffrey, who's the most likable? Most likable. Oh God. Well, it's not, it's not Joffrey. who's a murdering little <laughs> shit, but he got his spoilers. Uh, Jar Jar. No, no, I just, no. The answer is no to Jar Jar and Urkel. I mean, he's Urkel, even if, even though he's annoying, he's having fun and I would watch anybody do anything if they're having fun. So, so Urkel. Correct. That's oh, there's a right answer. <laughs> In this case, yes. <laughs> Usually, it, it, anything goes. But for this specific question, you can't say yes to Jar Jar, and you definitely can't say yes to, to King Joffrey. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think, you, I think you're absolutely right. I won. And, and didn't that show, didn't Family Matters end up just following Urkel? Like, it was just Urkel's show. It became his show. And he got <laughs> older, and it got weirder. <laughs> you know, like he, yeah, and then he had, like, example. a... He had an alter ego character who was real smooth. Oh, yeah, Urkel. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're right. <laughs> Stefan yeah. Urkel. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and now, did, didn't he have a new weed that came out? Now he's in the weed game. I think so, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's his weed's so strong after you smoke it, you're like, did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> Big art character arc for that guy. Yeah. Um, okay. 
here's my final question for Greg Fitzsimmons. And when I say it, I mean, I'm never speaking to him again. Of course. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm doing his show uh, <laughs> either tomorrow or Monday. Um, my question to him was going to be, have you seen Chelsea lately? Uh, I, you, you know, I did. See, yeah, I, I didn't know if I told you, but I go on super long walks with Judd Apatow every day for like seven, <laughs> seven or eight hours. And um, you, you know, did mention that you did, yeah, did come up. in the last podcast. I know I mentioned yeah. that. Yeah. So uh, we always stop by at uh, every. We stop at every celebrity's house, which is why <laughs> the walks take seven or eight hours. So yeah, we 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 rolled up on Chelsea, said hey, um, and uh, she's she's doing well. She says to say hi, Doug and Doug. First of all, there's no way she said that, but I love. I no, 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 no. Don't, don't get me wrong. She said to say hi. She didn't say to say hi to you. <laughs> okay. She okay. just said to say hi. And then I said, oh, I I see. Yeah, say hi when you're near them, but not to them. <laughs> Cause I love the idea of uh, celebrities going in Paris to other celebrities homes. Just to, just to, just to say, Hey, just do like a, just do like a wellness check. <laughs> yeah. That's a show, man. Pitch that shit. That's great. <laughs> That's a great show. Two random celebrities go visit a third random celebrity. <laughs> comedians bothering comedians. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, I got so many things going on right now, but I'll, I'll make that show. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make it happen. Um, all right. Comedians bothering comedians, and then in parentheses, all caps, no coffee. No coffee. Because <laughs> uh, we, don't, we don't need that. Um, well, thank you for eating all these leftovers, Jonathan. They were delicious. Are you full or do you, are you ready for the main course? I'm still hungry, Doug. Still hungry. This worked out beautifully. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you a few more minutes to uh, build up some more hunger, and then, okay. uh, uh, and then we'll get into it. We're going to take a brief break, and we'll be right back. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We're back and it's time for five and five. You go first, Melly Mel. We got five questions each and we've got half a show to do it in. <laughs> all right it's dark it's daylight and we're wearing sunglasses <laughs> hit it uh i was curious because you had a role on the bold and the beautiful was there any sort of <laughs> training or anything leading up to that role that you had to do you know you, you, there is a typical six weeks of uh soap acting training that one must go through um no it was it was actually great like uh, the the biggest dream for any actor is for someone to go hey you want a part here you go you don't have to drive and embarrass yourself in front of a casting director three or four times to get a part so because i was on cbs and they were doing a tie-in with bold and beautiful and let's make a deal so they, each of us, Wayne and myself and Tiffany, our model, each of us had a part on Bold and Beautiful. And then we had a Bold and Beautiful cast member uh, come on our show. Ah. Do a bit. So, but, but, you know, it, I don't care what the part is. When someone says, here's a part to come do, just ask me to do it. My God, that's the best thing in the freaking world for an actor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Plus you get to sort of experience 
being on a soap opera without having to really, you know, genuinely being on a soap opera, you know, like you get to, yeah, you know, you get to feel what that is like, but also it's certainly not the kind of acting that you, you would have ever been pursuing probably. Yeah. Yeah. And plus everyone, like I'm, I'm an average dude, but everyone was way hotter than me. Like it was just like <laughs> so many beautiful people. And I'm just like, damn, this is weird. Well, uh, <laughs> So you were hired for the bold part. Yeah. Were you, <laughs> were you, uh, were you like a bank teller? Like, what did you play? Man, I don't even remember. I think I, I wasn't a bank teller. I, I was something, I was wearing a, like an IZOD shirt. So I was some kind of service industry, something or other, I think. I can't quite remember. Oh, you were like, uh, you were working like at the tennis club or something? Something, yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the perfect soap job. Tennis club. <laughs> um oh, man but that's that's a great line though that i was on bold and the beautiful i played the bold <laughs> i played the bold <laughs> uh all right my first question it's earth day yeah did you do anything for the earth today um i uh i took a walk across the earth and admired what i saw and i told it that i liked it so you left a lot of uh, footprints everywhere? Yeah, there's also like a Jamba Juice <laughs> container sitting by the sewer. But there, <laughs> there wasn't a trash can and my hand was tired. So, I mean. You just throw it down in that, those, uh, you know, those, those sewer things that the it clown lives in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, when you, whenever you finish a drink or something, you know, you just throw that in there, right? And the it clown, it, the it clown is like a recycler. He, he'll grab it and munch it up. <laughs> And shit it out, and then it turns into, you know, uh, fertilizer pellets, and they go to the ocean, and then the plankton. It's a whole cycle. We don't have time on this show. To Picturing me. Pennywise just sipping on a Jamba Juice cup from that little <laughs> sewer is so less scary. It's adorable. Oh, no. So it sounds like Doug Mellard's about to put his Photoshop skills to the test. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's funny like um uh that'd be a funny place for like product placement like just have that him in the sewer (laughs) but holding different you know famous items like a big mac or something um all right now email it's your turn all right uh because you were in the film the bucket list yeah with Nicholson and Morgan Freeman, aside from being in a film- And Sean Hayes. And Sean Hayes. <laughs> and Sean Hayes. Aside from being in a film with, with that caliber talent, uh, what is something left on your bucket list that you want to scratch off? Oh, man. Um, God, I would love to. Uh, I, I've sold a couple things that never went past you know pilot stage. I'd love to just get something on TV one time. You know, I know, I know it's a lot of work and it like, it tends to end marriages and ruin lives. <laughs> You're a showrunner, <laughs> but I'd like to get, like have a season and then have it be canceled just so I could like try it out, try those pants on and then, and then not have to worry about it after that. Well, you know, comedians bothering comedians sounds like the perfect. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that's it's it. the perfect project for you. I think I'm, I'm down. Sign me um, up. <laughs> 
Uh, can I tell you a funny Jack Nicholson story? Because no. please, um, please. So, I, I thought Doug's question was rotten. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I play his lawyer in the movie. I have two scenes and they both stayed in, which was great. And the first scene, it's me and him, just me and him at this table in a courtroom kind of thing. And we're, we have this little scene where he's trying to get me to drink this fancy coffee and everything. So I'm waiting to shoot. They're setting up the lights. They're doing all the crap they have to do. And he's sitting there and it's just me and Jack freaking Nicholson sitting next to me, like inches away. And I don't know what to say. And I can't, I just like, what do you, I mean, what could I say to this legend guy other than, Hey, nice to meet you. I love your work. Like what, what past that do you say? So luckily he started the small talk and he goes, I just woke up from a nap. I fell asleep like that. And I, obviously I don't do an impression. Uh, but, <laughs> so he said that and, so, and I'm thinking, say something back, speak back to, to the man. So I go, Oh, you took a nap. That's, Hey, can you uh, sleep on planes? Cause I can't sleep on planes. Like that's, <laughs> that's all I could freaking think to say. And then he takes him in and goes, I guess I could sleep on a plane if I wanted to, but I don't because I do too many drugs. <laughs> And he said it just like that, an inch from my oh, face man. with, with the eyebrows furled up and the, and I was yeah. like, this is great. Oh, I'll never forget this, <laughs> this moment. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's crazy that your uh, Jack Nicholson sounds like Louis Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> has he, has Jack Nicholson like retired? Like he's not in anything yeah. anymore, right? No, I don't I, know. No, I think he officially retired. I, yeah. I think he, he, he announced it a while back. He had an earpiece and the dude off camera would read the lines and he'd repeat them. And that was the way he did stuff. Whoa. And at first I was like, you know, just thinking, well, that's kind of bullshit. That's not really acting. And then I was like, well, he's amazing. And what the product he puts out is great. So who gives a shit how he does it? Right. 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 And also like when you're saying your lines in the scene, don't you feel like you're extra listened to because he's not thinking about his next line? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the only problem is they can't do a, I don't think you'll see a long take of his because they can't get two or three sentences out before they'll have to cut away uh, because he's <laughs> how much can he remember at once. Right. Yeah, that's true. Like if he's got a speech to make, that must mm -hmm. be hard to shoot. And it definitely but, to have a split second to interpret that line though. Yeah. That definitely takes some skill. Yeah. Wow. But he was, crazy. he's so good, man. Just sitting next to him watching him act was like, damn, he's as good as he is when I'm watching him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> Because of the drugs. This is the drugs. <laughs> I love that. That is so cool. Did you? Yeah. So did you actually interact with Morgan Freeman at all, or was your scenes just with Jack? So here's another story. I, the only time I saw Morgan Freeman was at the table read, and the table read. Well, I showed up. It's like a month before. Big table. There's, you know, probably 30 actors around this horseshoe table. And then there's all these Warner Brothers producers, like 30 or 40, I'm standing around. This is a big deal. Table read is at 10. So we're all there. 10 o'clock, no Jack. 10.30, no Jack. 11 o'clock, no Jack. 11.30, uh, Jack Nicholson walks in with a giant bandage on from, from his ear to down under his chin. And he walks in kind of dazed. He sits down. Um, Reiner, Rob Reiner goes, okay, let's start. And Jack just starts reading the wrong character. Oh my God. But no one stops him because it's fucking Jack Nicholson. So he's just reading the wrong care. And you look at all the suits and all the Warner brothers guys are like, what the fuck? And the insurance people are like, what the, the Morgan Freeman's like looking at him like, cause I think it was Morgan's lines. 
Finally, uh, Rob Reiner goes, hey, Jack, 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 that's, uh, that's not you. That's not you. And they say, oh, oh, and starts doing raspberries and crap. Turns out he had just had a little bit of, of surgery and was still had some medicine in him. So he was, oh, God. <laughs> but it, for, for that first couple of minutes, just the, the tension in the room of all, all the money people, it's just like, what's happening? It's dying. It's falling apart. Uh, but luckily, uh, he was fine the next time. I'm nervous hearing that. Oh, Lord. yeah. I'm just thinking, like, I'm just thinking, well, sh I, I got my Hollywood story. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to do that story, and then you were going to do Morgan's voice, and it was going to sound just like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I'm Louis Armstrong. <laughs> I'm not in the movie. Wow. It's interesting to me that Jack Nicholson, and, you know, and I assume many others of his caliber, would just get, you know, would just show up and like, you know, that let the casting director and Rob Reiner, that you know, let the filmmaker, you know, pick who's going to be in it and do that, you know, like, yeah, I, I would imagine someone with someone with Jack's experience and power could easily be like, hey, I want my friend so, you know, this actor friend so and so to play this part and somebody else to do this other thing. Yeah, you know, I'm sure, and, I'm sure that that happens. Yeah, but that you, uh, you know. Got to do that, and uh, and you know, and then also that he was so, uh, you know, cool to you. So cool, could is, not have been uh, nicer. Uh, it's just great, uh, you Thanks, know. Man. Just shows his head was his head was in other things, you know. And uh, I I tore up my bucket list a long, long time ago because <laughs> uh, uh, you know, number one on my list was to be in the movie The Bucket List. <laughs> oh man yeah and then it came out and i was like i'm not in this maybe they'll do a remake oh that's an excellent point yeah i think could have been a series of bucket list films because you just get different awesome old actors and you know and then tell their story of how they went skydiving or whatever it is they felt <laughs> they, that they needed to do yeah <laughs> i, I I like it. I think you should do that right after the comedians, annoying comedians with no coffee. Oh, my God. I got, I've got so much stuff to do. Okay. Um, so it's your turn, Doug. No, no, it's uh, you. <clears throat> I asked the bucket question. Oh, that's right. I had so much fun with that question. I thought I, I was involved. <laughs> the bucket question. <laughs> Listen, I've got a bucket question. Yeah. <laughs> Of all the of all the questions you can be asked before you die. <laughs> uh, no, I've been binging and loving. I saw it back in the day when it first happened, but now it's on um, it's on HBO Max, and yeah. it's the show Pushing Daisies. Yeah, and you were in an episode of that show. Uh, also with my friend Ricky Lindholm was in that episode. Okay, yeah. And um, yeah, what was your favorite part about acting on that particular show? Um, Barry Sonnenfeld was a director. And he, uh, I think, I don't know if it was his first time doing TV or something, but I was kind of nervous because he was, he's like a big film director. Yeah. Um, and um, he, he, he was so friendly and nice. And he just, he did this comedy bit on the set where like second day in, he just looks at me and goes, eh, I'm going to start calling you fuckface." And Oh my that, God. But, but that sounds like me do me saying that makes it sound like 
um, uh, it's adversarial, but it was yeah. the sweetest way he would do it. And he had a big smile. He goes, Hey, your fuck face. I go, okay. And then so then he just saw every time he addressed me, he was like, Hey, fuck face. And it was, it was charming. I, it's not, I, I don't know if I can translate how charming it was when he would say it, when someone calls you fuck face, but he just decided to call me that. And it was, uh, it was super funny. Um, the, wow. the, the show was a blast. It's, you know, it's very um, stylized. It's very, uh, the production design is very colorful and bright. Yeah. And yet it's a very dark show. Like, like you're a character. This isn't a spoiler because the second we meet you, you're already dead. Yep. Um, um, and then you got to do that cool thing where characters on that show that are dead get brought back to life briefly and, uh, and talk. And uh, so you got to do some, uh, cool dead makeup dead makeup was cool the and the, and the caveat of the show was if they don't touch you they touch you once you're alive uh, if, you, if you touch a dead person once they're alive but if you don't touch them again within 60 seconds they stay alive and someone else dies so he would touch someone bring them to life ask them questions and then have to hurry up and touch them within a minute or uh that person would stay alive but somebody else would die yeah, and it works out great because uh, when they when these corpses come back to life, they're super happy to talk, and they're generally not in a bad mood. Yeah, and they don't realize they're about to be dead again. Like they think they're alive <laughs> again. <laughs> that show would have uh, still been on TV if it weren't for the writer strike. That writer strike killed that show so hard it made me sad. Yeah, it really ruined their momentum. And then, you know, I got my girlfriend into the show because, uh, you know, I suggested we watch it because I knew I, that I had liked it the first time around. Yeah. And, um, you know, as it started, as it was going, we were like, oh, this is back. This is from the times when TV shows had no warning. Like they just went to a break for summer or whatever and were told whether or not they were coming back. Yeah. So there was no, so the show has no series finale. And even the last episode that they did shoot doesn't even have, there's just zero closure. Oh man, that's the worst. Yeah. So it really sucks. Like when you're binging it, that it doesn't have a nice, you know, some sort of, even if it's a terrible conclusion, but some sort of conclusion, it just ends. And it's even like, most episodes have kind of a cliffhanger at the end, but yep. the last one, for some reason, the cliffhanger wasn't even that strong. So it didn't, it just, it was just sad. To, how would you, how over. would you have ended it, Doug? Well, I don't know. I, I, I just know that it was such a creative show and that guy, you know, that uh, was um, created it along with uh, Sonnenfeld. Um, what's his name? Uh, Brian Fuller. You know, of course he's gone on to do uh, Hannibal, which everybody uh, love so much and they keep begging for that to uh you know get yeah. another another chance but i'm like well what about pushing daisies because uh, you know the, the main actors are all still alive and uh, uh you know they, they could make like a movie or so just something to close it out kind of like what deadwood did you know yeah yeah yeah. that would be great uh, hopefully there'll be some you know people get excited about it because of it being on uh you know hbo max I'm sure you're going to get, you know, a few more little checks in the mail. $35 check. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm satisfied. Doug. Yeah. Real quick. My favorite series to ever kind of end like that was Alf. I don't know if you guys remember what happened with Alf. What happened? 
they they left on the whole series. The whole premise was that he was trying to get back to his home planet, and the government was after him. In the last episode, the go- the government's closing in, but he's been contacted by his home planet. An alien spaceship is coming down to pick him up. The family that he's lived with for a few years is so sad. Everybody's crying because they're saying goodbye, but they're happy for him. But then the, the military comes and intercepts him, and now they're crying even harder. And then it's like to be continued, and they never came back. Ooh. <laughs> so Alf wow. was just thrown in a facility. <laughs> Such a bummer. Um, Damn. All right, question number three. Yeah. Nick Nicholas Cage... Gary Busey in their primes knife fight. Who wins? Oh gosh. You know, I think any fight except a knife fight, Nicholas Cage wins. Okay. But Busey has that crazy knife energy. And like he doesn't even need a he doesn't need a big knife. Like two and a half inch knife. It's like crazy arm poking swinging kind of Busey teeth, weird eye, hair flopping up. Like that's a that's a Tasmanian devil of, of death with a knife. So with a knife, the answer is Busey. I like it. There's a level, uh, different levels of, to the answer. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard crazy knife energy. Have you, Doug? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know exactly what that is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, because like, there's just something about, yeah, that knife energy is just, it's just not good. It's just that person is, you know, like people who hold a gun to get you to do something, those people are, you know, as scared as you are of something happening. Yeah. But yeah. a person that's got a knife and coming at you, they're going to, they're going to take that knife and put it in you. They're not, yeah. there's no other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. To quote the Red Hot Chili Peppers, what you got going to get it, put it in you. What <laughs> he would be yelling as he pokes cage in the rib <laughs> cage. Oh, cage in the rib yeah. cage. Yep, the working the working title of that song was "Crazy Knife Energy," <laughs> and they were both in Point Break together. Oh, that's yes. right. I mean, that's where the knife energy came from. And it is perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> all right. Of all the panelists you've played with, improvised with, mm-hmm. on whose line is it? Yep. Anyway. <laughs> who is the <laughs> who is the worst kisser? First of all, uh, there's something to be said for the three second comma pause. Like a comma uh-huh. usually is a second, but three seconds is a bold choice to do a three I like second to, pause. I like to say, "Hey, honey, let's watch whose line is it," and then wait a, th- a few beats <laughs> and then go anyway. <laughs> I think I've kissed all those dudes uh, yeah. on the show. At some point, it, whether it was not their uh, faces, it was their bald heads or other parts of their bodies. Um, like crazy knife energy, there's a crazy kiss energy that one has <laughs> when you're on stage and making shit up and trying desperately to be funny on the tightrope of, of hell. Um, so it's, I, I'm a selfish kisser that way. I, like I don't, I don't care what they think about and I don't care how well they're kissing. I just have to kiss them to get my bit across. So I, I think you've pointed out that I've been selfish and, and now I feel bad. <laughs> selfish kiss. Right. But that's the thing about, uh, you know, if anybody says to you, oh, I'm an improviser, or I'm an improv group. It's like, oh, so you, uh, you've had people do things to you that you didn't want them to, but you went along with it because it, it's in the scene. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, yeah, it's absolutely. like, it's just, it's just, it's, it's what it is. That's what I love about, uh, let's make a deal and prices, right. Uh, the quarantine, you know, pandemic versions of the show is that there's no, there's no touching. Cause I always used to bother me that Wayne and, uh, Drew would get like, you know, jumped on by people sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, and I'd always be like, why, why don't they just make a quick announcement to the audience? Hey, just don't jump on the host, but they do it anyway. And uh, now they, they can't even get six feet within them. I, I just, that's a great, uh, great side effect of what's uh, happened. Wayne would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing too, is Drew always seemed to go, go with it a lot. Uh, more than Wayne doesn't seem to be into that at all. I mean, it's, it's a, the problem with let's make a deal is we're at least when we were doing shows with 200 people, we're standing in the middle of them. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so like four different people can grab his ass at the same time where on price, there's one person that runs up and drew can like, Drew can back up four feet if someone's coming at him with crazy knife energy. Uh, Wayne is, we're stuck there. We're like in them. So uh, it's different. It's different. Yeah. Tiffany must really like brag a lot about how she gets to go way over by all the doors and stuff and doesn't have to do. <laughs> she does. She does. <laughs> um, but to answer your question, I will back up and I'll change it slightly to give you an answer that maybe satisfies you. Uh, the saltiest uh, kisser is Colin Mockery. Uh, I've met, I've licked his head on many occasions on the show, and there's always a super salt, saltier than you would think, sheen on his head. So salty that a deer could get its sustenance by <laughs> licking his head. That's how salty Colin's head is. I don't know why. <laughs> I like. I mean, could it be like? Maybe is it like? Does he does he eat a lot of fish and chips? I think it's Canadian. He's Canadian. So maybe there's some oh. of that in there. Poutine, <laughs> poutine he, head. I thought he was British for some reason. No, he's, he's Canadian. <laughs> I, he's, I think he's British from now on. That works. Um, yeah. I like I mean, to think when, that he supports a family of deer by just lending his head at night. <laughs> he, that might be his day job up there in the woods of Canada. <laughs> what? So he, uh, comes all the way down to Los Angeles every time they, they tape episodes of Who's Line? They do, they do. But we, I mean, they they tape that whole season in three, four weekends. They bang it out. Bang them out. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, and they'll do a six-hour taping and turn that into, what, God, eight shows, nine shows, ten shows. In fact, the last, the last two seasons of Who's Line have all been created from the leftovers of a taping three or more years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they're going to make more still? Uh, I hope so. Oh, man, I hope so. I mean, it's cheap. If they get so many episodes out of it, you, you would think. Yeah. But it is weird that it's on the CW, which is like all these young vampire hot people <laughs> with no genders. And then now here's, here's if the youngest 50-year-old men <laughs> making improv jokes. Licking um, each other's foreheads. Or- exactly. But hey, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, improv in Riverdale is like, hey, give me a suggestion. We'll text it to you later. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, we did it. We ran out of time. We really all right. thought today might be the day where we get through all the uh, all the questions we've written for you. But do you, uh, do you know who your next guest is uh, on um, on this show? 
that's the wild part is that a lot of times we do, but in this particular case, we do not know who the next guest will be because it's not uh, right. It's not booked yet. So I'm, I'm excited for them to answer the question. What's your favorite costume that you see at work uh, that you might ask me? I would love to hear what they have to say, not working on the game show. I do. I see. Doug, were you going to uh, ask something along those lines? No, but I'll write that down. <laughs> <laughs> That's the number one question people ask me. What's the craziest costume you've ever seen? <laughs> okay, I do have a question about that. Um, what percentage of the costumes in the, on any Sorry, given Doug, episode? time's up. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what... Um, also, that's a, I, I Wayne Brady always gets in uh, a shout out to his mother at the yep. last goddamn second. How does yep. he always manage to get it in? <laughs> like, is that contractual? Do they have to let him say it? Not contractual. He he just loves to to do that to his mom. And those quickie deals, we do a bunch of them, so they pick enough to edit it so that it's the perfect amount to let him say that at the very end oh wow. oh yes you're not you're not live to tape you're just uh doing Correct. a bunch of stuff and then and then they edit it later yep the, the editing on that show i'm sure is terrific because it Thanks, doesn't yeah. doesn't seem like it's edited but oh boy yeah <laughs> <laughs> um uh, oh, okay. So the question I was going to ask though was what percentage of people in the in that audience rented their costume when they got there um most people show up with a costume, right? Uh, so I would say 30 to 35% like don't have a great costume and they have an option. Like we have this, I don't even think they rent it. I think they just say, here's a bunch of, here's a bunch of stuff. Like do you want to throw on a boa and a hat and here's a bunch of stuff. We just like give them stuff if they don't, if they don't have enough or if they don't have any. Right. Sometimes we put sticker, like if they have a big logo that says Nike, we'll like, Oh, here's a, let's make a deal sticker. Let's put that on there. So, yeah. um, but people come, I mean, they do know that if they can get our attention, they increase their odds. So people will spend a lot of time on costumes. Yeah. Well now, obviously that the, the audience is so small there and then the bunch of people are on the screens at home, it, they, they all need to do a better job of impressing just because there's less people for Wayne to, to, you know, in the show to pick from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the first place. Well, this has been uh, fantastic. It's time for uh, Doug plugs. I don't really have anything to plug. Do you have anything to plug Doug? Uh, not really. Got stand up dates coming, but they're a little far out. So I heard you have a new show, uh, Doug Benson about some comedians and doors and walking <laughs> <laughs> comedians bothering comedians. Um <laughs> But, you know, they don't mean, you know, ultimately it's no bother because, you know, just saying hi, not yeah. not really, you know, not asking for anything. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, a, it'll be an interesting project. It'll be um, what do you got to promote? I am on Let's Make a Deal Every Day, CBS. Uh, so check that out. Whose Line Is It Anyway? Uh, from time to time on the CW. Uh, I have a little joke show on YouTube called You Jokes, uh, www.youtube.com forward slash you jokes, where comedians make jokes and then the audience plays along and then the audience votes on who had the best joke. Uh, Doug, you came on once. I still feel bad about it. <laughs> I'm really sorry. His internet connection did not work out. And, uh, it was a bad connection. <laughs> but it was still fun. Um, and that's it, man. Just uh, hoping we all can get back to normal because, man, wouldn't a live audience be a swell thing, guys? Wow. Yeah, that would be really neat. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I guess I do have one thing to plug. I'm gonna, it looks like we're going to be doing a Doug Loves Movies in June in... Um, 
in Brea, California at the, uh, the improv there, but the, the ink hasn't dried on the deal. So keep it, keep it to yourself for now. And, um, Jonathan, we end every episode with, uh, you know, just sort of a pun or something involving the, the name Doug. And I think I have the, uh, the perfect one for today. Thank you for being with us. Uh, any other last words, Doug Mellard? No. Throw the title. <laughs> <laughs> As always, let's make a Doug. Got it?